welcome to another episode of the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman. I'm your host, as always, and this is episode 289. There's no, like, that's not a palindrome. There's nothing fancy about it. It's just 289, but it is one step closer to that big old 300. Um, how crazy is that? So crazy. That's wild. That's wild. I haven't yeah. even been, I feel like I just got into this podcast, even though I know I've been here for, like, Almost four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you've been here a long time. A bunch of bunch of episodes. Um, bunch of we, them. We we take just a long handful, breaks. really. We take yeah. We take well. It's this is a labor of love. Everybody knows that, and the reality is we've we've we, there've been some long breaks. There's been some shenanigans, but I have I have a feeling that we're that engaged family gaming as a whole is in like a new era, and we're going to talk about that um, later on in the show. But before I do that. Probably a good idea to uh, introduce the uh, disembodied voices that just came through your audio. First um, is one of my very best friends in the whole wide world, and none of the three of you know who I'm talking about. But first, it is our board, the managing editor of board games, Linda Robel, the mistress of magnificence, otherwise known as Mom. Hi, Linda. Hi. Long time no see. Haven't seen you in ages. Yeah, Not been, like you spent the entire weekend at my house. I did. I spent the whole weekend <laughs> at your house for EFGCon Fall 2022 edition, which again, we're going to talk about later. So uh, next, um, but definitely, obviously not least, is another one of my very best friends in the whole wide world, Amanda Fair, the Princess of Power. How are you, Amanda? I'm always the best when I get to podcast with this incredible crew. So yeah, I'm doing good. Good. Also, another one of my very best friends in the whole wide world is John Tomlinson, the man behind the curtain. Everybody has a nickname but me, um, and that works out because I'm the host. Um, oh, John, you, how no, are you you're doing, the bro? editor-in-chief. You've always been uh, the editor-in-chief. I am the editor-in-chief and founder of EngageFamilyGaming.com. John, how you doing, man? I'm good. All right. Well, so good to, good to hear. So um, we got a busy week because uh, let's just talk about it real quick. EFGCon was this past weekend. So some people might hear that and might think, what, you have like a convention now? No, not really. Trust me, if we had a like a public event, it would not have been a surprise to anyone. Um, I am not quiet. Um, we have been doing this thing for probably, what, like five years now where we um, do content sprints where I and Linda and a bunch of people – uh, who are our volunteers get together all at once. Um, this kind of started after our trips to E3, where we figured out that it was much easier to ask for a weekend than an hour a week. Um, and that's actually like just has borne fruit. And so uh, this past weekend, Linda and I and uh, her husband, John, who has been on Engaged Family Gaming content, my brother um, and several other people all came together at Linda's house and we just crushed it on content for an entire weekend all sorts of glossary entries and you know quietly amanda linda's gonna linda knows exactly what i'm gonna say quietly the mvp of efgcon was my oldest son that dude rolled out like first off he just came i asked him if he would come because i was like i need some help on like some strategic minecraft content and because we don't have a lot of Minecraft content and Minecraft is one of the biggest games on earth. And he was like, yeah, that cool. And not only did he come and just knock out some of the Minecraft stuff, which is going to be dribbling out over, over time. And some of it is, I will fully admit kind of SEO driven answering questions that nobody has ever asked me, but the internet Important. is mm-hmm. Um, But then, so he did the Minecraft stuff and then he's like, yo dad, like, I know that VR is not for, like, kids, but you keep saying that, like, teenagers are part of the family, too. So, like, I've got this Oculus Quest thing, and I could definitely give you an essentials list for the Oculus Quest. And I was like, you could? And he was like, yeah, man. Like, how many do you need? And I was like, well, how about, like, can you do 10? And he was like, I can do you one better. Literally, I can do you 11. And so he did. So, um, in a day next, I believe next week, I believe next week is when it is scheduled. We're actually going to have another Mm -hmm. EFG essentials entry for the Oculus quest. And it was 
a hundred per- like it was not on our list. It was not something nope. I had ever really thought we would do, but it was just driven by him. So I think I think we just have to give him a title. He is the managing editor of virtual reality content for GameTravelingGaming.com. <laughs> I'm just promoting it, and and it's it makes sense. He found a bunch of T-rated virtual reality games, and we and and we have a piece of content that will be up that's going to talk about the dangers of VR and you know some of the things to think about like vision and you know stuff like a lot of it's about the eyes because who knew shoving a tv up to your face is potentially dangerous for young and developing eyes but for teenagers they're in good shape with vision and all that and you're feeling comfortable mm-hmm. letting them use it they need recommendations and so we have them now uh, or we will when they are going live which is coming super very wild very soon yes. coming very very soon so um yeah it was great great and the other thing we did is we made our holiday gift guide for video games and board games we have two i love that so um and the best part is and we talked about this one of when we first met like one of my goals was always to be able to have a holiday gift guide at the beginning of october and guess what fam it is done the beginning of october and our gift guide is done so we can just share it on facebook and twitter for the rest of the year and it's great so we're actually going to go through it line by line and talk about all the games that are on there um because i am quite proud of it you know, so, um, but first, let's talk about the games of the week. Um, and I'm going to talk about a game that we played at EFGCon. Um, Amanda, have you ever heard of Stick Fight? No, no, so I you have, might have not. heard it from my house because, oh my word, was it so it got loud? loud? It got oh. a little loud, huh? Oh, oh, oh. Like, yeah. I can block a lot out, and I was having a time. <laughs> but so, they love that. So, Stick Fight. Stick Fight is... You, it, here's what's really interesting. We got some people in the chat. By the way, shout out to Mega Mom and Season of the Sea Witch for uh, being here once again, as usual. Um, and so, um, you've seen Stick Fight. Um, in these little animations that you see all over social media, um, every once in a while they pop up, and it's a stick figure fighting, like doing like John Wick style fighting against another army of stick figures that come through, and it's got the weapons and the guns and whatever, and it's just like a really cool looping animation of stick figures fighting each other. Um, and I always love watching them all the way through because it's super fun, like wild, you know, whatever. Um, someone made a game out of it. So it is, more or less, a four-player Smash Brothers-style platform fighting game um, where there's ragdoll physics and you're a bunch of stick figures beating the crap out of each other. Now, the thing that's Man. interesting about this is um, you the game isn't on an, a, an infinite loop until you stop it. So basically, you start, there are four players. The only way to tell yourselves apart is that you're different colors. And... It just drops you into a loop of different levels, right? And the different levels are all platforming stuff. So it is, um, you know, and there's like guns and spears and swords and all sorts of stuff like that. So, um, and eventually, and it keeps track of the score. And then at the end, you get to the end level and then it goes through and it says, this person got this many kills, you know, they're unstoppable. This person picked up this many weapons. They're a hoarder. This person is literally that bad. They fell off X number of times. And then it just starts all over again. Okay. Um, and so we put, we bought, and it's also less than $10 and it's on everything. So we bought it on the Switch and sent our four boys to play it. And the volume carried, like, it was. It was, it was all the way up. Hats. Was it up to 11? It yeah. might oh, have yeah. been up to 11. It was, I, I think <laughs> That's it might impressive. A, I think it might have been a 12 at some point. And it, it, was, Ooh, it is clearly a party game more than it is a fighting game. Um, you know, there's chaos in, in those streets. But uh, I really liked it. I thought it was fun. I took it, I, Obviously, I took my turn at the controls. So did uh, Linda's husband, John. And um, it, it was awesome. You know, uh, I, I I actually we're gonna have a review of it. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure that it's gonna find its way onto an essentials list because I don't think it's that important. But I will say this: we are we did have an article that was you know games under you know fifteen dollars for the Nintendo Switch. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely going to be the number one game on that list um, because it is $10 at its most. It's on sale right now for like $7.50. So if you're looking for it and you want to save exactly a McDouble on the price, go for it. But like, <laughs> you know, $9.99 for this thing is robbery, even if you only play it for a day. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're only going to play, you know, even if it's just one sleepover, one, you know, graduation party, whatever, uh, one Thanksgiving afternoon, I think it's worth it. This is super fun. Um, yeah, so that's Stick Fight. Linda, have they played it since we left? Um, no, only because we just haven't had time because we were back to school. So that's true. That's it's true. We basically pretty much get, the only reason. We, we nuked the entire weekend from orbit. Um, so, <laughs> yep. Yeah, now everybody's back to school. It was rough getting into work yesterday, I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, so, for sure. Um, but that wasn't the only game played this weekend. You, uh, Linda, tell me, what board game did you play? So in honor of Hocus Pocus 2 launching on Disney+, Plus, I pulled out my copy of Hocus Pocus, the game. Uh, I had not yet had a chance to play it, and unfortunately... Uh, Happened to have people at my house that were eager to play. So we did it as a three-player game. It is a cooperative game following very similar concepts from the original story. So you are trying to knock out the Sanderson sisters and defeat them before the and defeat them before the sunrise or defeat them before sunrise um, or hold off till sunrise. Um, Every time you knock out one of the witches, the sun tracker moves closer to sunrise. um, And they have a cool mechanic for since it's cooperative, how the team loses, uh, which we actually did, we lost. Uh, and if you can no longer draw a card from the draw pile, if there's no more draw pile to draw a card, if you're unable to draw a card and you need to do so, then the witches have won. So unfortunately, we lost to the Sanderson sisters. Uh, we learned a lot. It's played over rounds. And we learned a lot uh, after the first round. We made a lot of errors that next time we play, I think will make us more strategic in our card choices. Um, Because what you're trying to do is you are playing cards into the cauldron and you are trying to make certain sets. You're either making all the same color, all the same ingredient or both. And depending on what you are able to do as a team that can knock out one of the witches. Uh, The cool thing, like most cooperative games, you are limited on what information you can share. So that, makes that does tough. sound actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it's fun. So just for those interested, a game is mm-hmm. readily available everywhere. They made sure to All print over. a whole bunch of those. Um, and most recently I saw it at Target uh, while I was there uh, picking up some of games course. for a family vacation. Target is quietly turning into uh, like, a, like a major player in the game space. It really is. has been for a while, but like now it's just I go to like – some people go to Target. That's a very cute uh, cat. <laughs> Binks. My cat. Um, uh, I just go to Target for the board game section and then I leave. Yeah. Like, I know some people like, oh, I go to board, you know, go to Target and like walk around. And, and it's like, no, I go to Target and I walk into the board game section and maybe I get some Philly, cheese, Philly cheesesteak egg rolls on the way out. But like normally um, it's just the, I, I just go there to browse board games. And I also like to um, people watch in the board game aisle because it's really interesting seeing people who have clearly never been around like, quote unquote, like real modern board games, like really marvel at them. Um, And not like in a bad way, but like people getting really excited about board games because they just are like, wow, I've never played anything like this. I've never played anything other than Monopoly. And then they're like, Check out like Ticket to Ride or something, and they just or Everdell. I saw a little old lady holding Everdell. First of oh all, my. what Everdell is at Target? What the, since when? I've never seen it at Target. Listen, uh, I love that game. I don't know. They had six copies. Like a lot. There. It's been there. Um, and uh, first off, that's a big box, and she was like one of the, one of those little old ladies that like I was wondering how, she must lift. Because she was holding the box. <laughs> and I'm like, because Everdell is a, you know, I mean, that's not exactly lifting a, it's not exactly lifting a tire, but like, it's the board game equivalent of like CrossFit stuff. You know what I mean? Just carrying that Everdell box. 
And um, she was looking at it and she's like, oh my gosh, and there's animals <laughs> and you make a tree. And she was like, very excited. And I, you know, I mean, God bless her. I hope she bought it or, you know, whatever. But it's, it's so wild getting to do that. And so the Hocus Pocus board game, 100% right there at Target, less than 20 bucks. It's like 15, I think, is its retail price. It's a small box, small game, perfect for Halloween. And this is one of those games that if you're one of those people that likes to watch Hocus Pocus every Halloween, may as well add this. Now you can watch Hocus Pocus 1 on Halloween, Hocus Pocus 2, and then you can add the board game. You can make a whole thing of it. Yeah, definitely something for those mega fans of Hocus Pocus. I mean, like, box-wise, I mean, it's not huge. And they also made it look like a book on the spine, which I love. I love the character they gave it. It's super cute. And for the price point, I mean, I definitely paid under 20 when I got it. Yeah. So, I mean, MSRP is 15 bucks on that. So it is definitely recommend. um, Big fan of that. So um, quickly going over the video game release calendar for the next couple of weeks. We got some bangers coming out. Um, including one that I don't think any, I'm still surprised this is happening. All right, so uh, Overwatch 2 came out today. Um, it's free to play. Uh, it's on PS5, the Xboxes, PS4, uh, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Um, this is a free-to-play experience. Um, the big deal is if you're logging in expecting to have all the older characters available to you, you have to earn them. So... Um, that's not necessarily a problem. It gives you incentive to play. However, uh, this is a free-to-play game in all the ways that free-to-play games are. So keep that in mind. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something to keep in mind. Um, also, how about this? October 7th, this Friday, No Man's Sky is coming to the Switch. Um, it is a stripped-down version. Yeah, it is a stripped-down version. It doesn't have the multiplayer. There's some of the other stuff. Obviously, graphically, it's going to be very different than it is on the PS5, etc. But that game got punched so hard, so just so much, and it just—it's never going to stop. Um, but I mean, good for them. Good for them. They fixed their game. Um, Speaking of, well, there's really nothing. Uh, th- speaking of things that will never stop, NHL 23 coming on October 14th to all of the things. Um, we got a hockey fan in the house. Amanda, um, are, the, the NHL is slowly turning into a role-playing game. Like, at what point are we going to be capturing personas to uh, play hockey? Okay, so when, uh, when, when Chell went, like, full simulation... I kind of just cocked my eyebrow at it, and I'm like, no, but guys, you know NHL 95 exists, right? And that's the best shell? No one remembers? Okay. Cause, For the like, record, I, can't... I remember because it's on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, and seriously, you should play it. It is, it is excellent. If you want arcade yeah. hockey, that is what you should be playing. But I, I've been... Sorry. I've been struggling with um, Chell games, I think, since like 2011, because when I when I really started to get back into them, it was like I had to control the left skate and the right skate and the stick. It was all independent. And I'm like, what is this? Why am I playing this game? I could go outside and play street hockey with my children. At that time, my children were, you know, like non-existent. They didn't exist yet. So, you know. (laughs) Was growing one, but still, my point, my point still stands. I could go outside and I could go play street hockey and have more fun with it. Now I haven't played an NHL game in a long time, so maybe this is the one that pulls me back in, especially well, if it goes to Xbox Game Pass. I mean, I, it, the it is on e, it is an Electronic Arts game. We all we do know that EA Play games do end up on Game Pass, um, mm-hmm. but they don't. They are not day and date, meaning like FIFA. No came out a couple weeks ago it is not i am very much looking forward to playing fifa with um ted lasso um same yeah we we, i i really i'm not sure if i'm gonna but i think i want to um you need to at least for the screen play of a long play youtube thing where i play through a season of ted lasso in fifa dressed up like ted lasso with like the visor and the mustache like i feel like i I love that um, but I what if like you I were Coach to... Beard? I feel like you would make an excellent Coach Beard. I really want to be Ted Lasso, though. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, he is superior. Um, 
So um, as long as I'm not that other guy, right? So um, anyway, it, 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 I, yeah. I, it, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, what, that's why I said that other guy. Um, there's lots of other guys in that game. So um, it will eventually be on Game Pass. So eventually we'll be able to we'll be able to play Chell together. Um, this is true. Um, so uh, it, speaking of sports games, because that's not the only sports game, uh, we have PGA Tour 2K23 coming out. Um, uh, also on the 14th, um, and Steph Curry's in it of the, uh, Golden State Warriors. I don't know why he's a basketball player, but he's crossing over sports. That's coming okay. to everything. Um, and Nickelodeon Kart Racers 3 Slime Speedway, um, is coming to everything. So if you, uh, don't know, basically the, what that game is, is if you do not own Mario Kart and you don't own a Switch... Wait, hold on. If you want Mario Kart and you don't own a Switch, that's what you can there get. You it's not great, but it's probably going to be better than that Ryan's Toy Review Racing game that's on Game Pass. Yike. Um, not, uh, we, I had my middle son test it for us, and he, uh, he did not have kind words to say about the Ryan's Toy Review Racing game. Um, you know what? It's there for a reason. You know, I got to respect the hustle. Kid's nine and has his own video game. Um, and we have a board game release. Uh, we got a new release. He's only nine. Linda, Linda, tell me all about. Tell tell me about this game. All right, so uh, Game Right just announced today on their Instagram page that Sleeping Queens Two is out. It is Sleeping Queens Two: The Rescue. So in this game, it takes the different queens from Sleeping Queen, the original Sleeping Sleeping Queens, such as the Pancake Queen and the Ladybug Queen. And they have a new mission, save the kings. So the, the, you have to play the queens to rescue the kings from a parade of perilous predicaments. Um, and per the description from Game Right, you're finding magical companions to aid your quest. You need to watch out for wild gnomes, sleeping willows, and the ever-sneaky switch witch from the first game. And save the most kings and crown yourself the royal hero. So... They are taking their favorite with this favorite game uh, that's been a staple of their library for years and very exciting. This is one that we've when the buzz came out that it was coming. There was a ton of buzz among the you know people that were interested in family weight games. So now it's here. So we're very excited. <laughs> and it's uh, designed by the original designer of Sleeping Queens, who was very, very young when that game came out. So this is very that's cool. right. So this is I'm I think this is super cool. Um, Sleeping Queens two, we will uh, report back when we have it in our hands, um, because you know of course we will. Game right, uh, we're big fans of their stuff. Um, Always, yep. So, okay, now let's do it. It's time to talk about gift guys. Stuff, guys. <laughs> it's time. Woohoo! So um, let's start with you know let's let's uh, start with the board games, Linda. All right. Um, we're going to, here's how we're going to do this. Okay. Um, cause you wrote that guide head to toe, uh, front to back. Um, why don't you, um, why don't we play our favorite game, which is, uh, you sell us a board game and, uh, John, right. Amanda and I, ah, I love uh, this we'll, game. It's my favorite <laughs> game. We'll decide whether or not we'll decide how hype we are. And obviously okay. I would love, uh, we've got some people, mega moms in the chat, uh, we would love to hear if you also are hype about this thing. And I will do the same. We'll do the same thing with the video games, although I suspect that there sounds will, like a know. great plan. So full disclosure, there are only, I think, two games on this that I've actually played, one or two. So I had to do a lot of research. I'm not up on, in my personal collection, uh, a lot of these more recent publications. Uh, they may be on Christmas lists. There may be two that came to my house as I was building this list. I might have just bought them. So... Uh, the first one on the guide actually is one of those that I uh, utilized a Target sale, speaking of Target, and picked up Doomlings. Uh, this is a card game that all it was all I heard about through social media after Gen Con happened in August. Like this was of the lighter weight games. This was the one that was just constant buzz. And I looked into it and it looks Amazing. So this was originally a Kickstarter. It was picked up by Breaking Games, and it is just flying off the shelves. It's available pretty much everywhere. So the premise of it, this is a hand management card game where you are trying to survive from the birth of life to the end of the world. And you're adding trait cards, 
you've the there are age cards so as you go through different <laughs> rounds an age card is flipped and it could be a positive thing but more likely it's a negative effect affecting all the players there's catastrophe cards which also negatively affect everyone and once you have three catastrophes that has signaled the end of the world and players okay. find out who has the most points this is adorable the graphics on it are just super fun super cute and this is i still have it in my game room in the shrink wrap but this is one that i personally am excited to get to play that does sound really cool <laughs> and really messed up at the same time but i like really interesting really messed up games thematically right having to go from being a little kid <laughs> into i don't know the end of the world there's something extremely appealing about that it sounds like the sims linda <laughs> I never Funny. considered that link since I've never played The Sims, but I can see the connection. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is one of those. That, if for nothing else, you got to look at the art. It is really, it is yeah. really cute. Um, I'll, I'll do. The I always next appreciate one. great art. Well, okay. I'll do the next one. Um, just sure. We've, we have this one. We've actually talked about before on the podcast. Um, we and have. That is Chonky Donkey from Game Right. Um, you know, I'm putting the links into the chat if people are interested in seeing it. Um, Chonky Donkey is a party game that's about reading ridiculous stuff and trying to keep a straight face, uh, which, by the way, it's really hard to do. It really, really is. Hard to do it. Um, <laughs> I really, I think the, the world is slowly growing tired of the, this person is a judge and they have to decide the, 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 the funnies. Um, but this one is kind of like a physical challenge in that you have to like try and keep a straight face, which for the record, I can barely, I I don't, I can't play this game very well. I I just lose all the time because I'm just a hot mess. Um, but it is, uh, it's a game right game and I love it when game right makes party games because you know, they're either going to be really interesting, like some of their trivia challenges, or they're going to be completely stupid. And that's what this one is. Chonky Donkey really is. is really, really stupid. And I love it. It is. With just light potty humor. So, which is nice, which, too. That it's nothing crazy. Which, I mean, who doesn't love fart jokes? Let's be honest. It's true. It's true. Who doesn't love a good or fart joke? Or jokes. It's true. Yep. All right, Linda, what do you got next? <laughs> All right, next one up is the one we talked about very recently on the podcast, Acropolis. And mm-hmm. so this is that... The Greek the- Greek architecture themed tiling, tile drafting, city building game where you are actually able to stack tiles upon each other. And when you get higher levels on your tiles, they actually score more points. So this is a pretty cool game. This is another one that I've picked up because it just looks amazing. And uh, it's unboxed and I, got to- I did an unboxing for TikTok. And so it's opened. Now I just need to get it to the table. So I'm excited to do that. Uh, one cool thing in my research that I did find is the publisher actually created a, they have a solo variant, uh, an official solo variant available on their website. And I did link to it in the little blurb right at the end. So I think that's pretty cool. They took it from a two to four player game and now it's a also got a solo mode. So I think that's kind of a cool additional feature that that they created. Yeah. All right, Steve, do you want me to take the next one since it's yeah, another one you, I couldn't resist buying? Yeah, why don't, yeah, why don't, yeah why, don't you, why don't you go ahead? I have to see why my daughter right. is bored. Okay, that's a very important thing to find out. Uh, The next one I did was Planted. This is a Target exclusive game, speaking of Target, and another one I picked up on their sale. This one is beautiful. The components on this game are absolutely astonishing for a game that retails for around $30. They have like nice heavyweight uh, tokens and the little like wooden figures for the represent the different aspects. The premise of Planted is that you are collecting house plants and you need to take care of them to earn the most points. So there's a bunch of different game mechanics going on, but what they did to make this a more entry weight level game is all the information you need to know about the plant is all on the card. They made it very easy to just look at the card. Oh, it needs water. It needs fertilizer, whatever, how many times. And then you can just go through and add on and try to get 
up, you're trying to collect up to six plants and have them all cared for properly. And they, it's really cool. There's no repeats with the plants. They've got all original artwork on every card. It's just absolutely gorgeous and a really neat, it's cause it's got card drafting plus resource mm-hmm. management plus set collection all in a game that's really intended for a more novice gamer. So that's pretty neat that they. That's really they cool. That. Yeah, yeah I would tokens, say it's for the tokens first, are beautiful. Oh, they're like, they're really stunning. high quality. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call this like, yeah, really. It's going. It's this is another one that's been a huge buzz about it. Um, from everything I've seen with the game, this is another one. It's it's in the to be played pile. Um, I wouldn't necessarily do this as like I wouldn't bring this to my mother necessarily because she's definitely like a roll and move level gamer, but. Somebody that's had maybe a ticket to ride experience could looks like absolutely could handle this level of game. So pretty neat. That's super cool. Yeah. And it looks sounds really like well. the kind I mean, of game I could sit down with my mom and play, honestly. Probably. I think probably. absolutely you could. hundred yeah. percent. You absolutely could. Uh what do we got next, Linda? So we have another game right game. Um, there's a dexterity game out called Teeter Tower. And this is really neat. It's a cooperative dexterity game. So with Teeter Tower, there is a base uh, little cube, which they call the base block. So it's a base cube. And you are laying cards on top of it. And then you're also laying dice to build your layers. So it's got, yeah, no, it's really neat. And there's rules about where you can place the dice on the cards. There's different positions you can put it in. There's different levels of difficulty. Uh, and what I love typical to game, right? They, they let you scale this quite a lot. So you can set the difficulty from novice, normal, hard, insane. So they have four levels of difficulty, depending on how you set things up and how you can place your dice. And then, so to win this game, you have to get all the cards, um, utilized and add a capstone block. There's a, um, it looks like. I can't tell if it's a, I think it's a pyramid shape, um, but it's got that pointy yeah. top. I'm not sure if it's a triangular yeah, prism a or yeah, a, is it a pyramid? It's a, it's yeah. A, yeah, it's a pyramid. It looks like a pyramid. Um, so you have to place that on top. And if you can place that capstone on without any dice falling, then the group has won. And if it, oh, very if nice. it falls, you try again, you play again. So very, very cute. Yeah, this one has been on the way out for a while. Uh, Game Right did a like a showcase, like a private showcase that I uh, watched, like on Zoom at the beginning of the pandemic, and a lot of their, you know, a lot of their stuff got delayed because a lot of everything mm-hmm. in the universe got delayed. And this is one of the games that they showed that I was really w- one of the ones that I was the most interested in playing, just because you know, like it's a reverse Jenga is the feel that right. they're trying to build. And that's, that's kind of really what they, cool. That's kind of like the, the top down design is really what, that's what this is. It's they're really trying to be like, how would you do Zelda backwards or not Zelda? Um, Zelda backwards would be very interesting, but Jenga would backwards. Be. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I mean, th- this look, this also just has that table presence that just looks like a fun party game, which I love also not super expensive. This is going to be under $25 everywhere you go. So, uh, big fan there. Um, Sounds really Linda, cool. Yeah, Linda, we got a couple more. So, why don't you... Okay. Uh, Do you mean to curate out a little bit? Yeah, why don't you curate out a little bit? We're gonna. I'm going to link the rest of the thing. Okay. So, I'm going to highlight just... A, let me do two more. Why don't you do that? All right. So... Let me jump down. So I did some categories just so if anyone's looking at this, I tried to do kind of general games for the whole family. And then I'd have two games for expert gamers. Um, and then I have some games to fuel your nostalgia. So I definitely want to hit on um, one of those because I know a lot of people have nostalgia. And we talked about this game before, the Goofy Movie game. That's one um, – it's funny. I don't actually have that nostalgia. It's not a game. It's not a movie that I actually have ever seen. But my children I have seen it. I loved a goofy movie when I was young because it came yeah. out when I was little. So I was just that's a little awesome. outside of the window for this. I was just because I'm just a couple of years older. So I missed John that. It Disney wasn't Disney Plus. 
there is on Disney Plus. My kids remember watching this though at daycare, and they were thought it was pretty cool that they made a board game. So this is from the '90s, and it basically follows the same storyline that you're trying to travel across the country to get to Los Angeles for the Powerline concert. And so you're doing different actions, collecting souvenirs, collecting pictures, you're moving across. And when you hit certain points with your dice, the Powerline group moves closer to Los Angeles. So you're trying to all rendezvous there. And it's, it's a really cool looking game, especially for those with the nostalgia. It's I guess I'll have deal. to check that out. It, it's a big it deal. It, that's, well, it's it's also, a big nostalgia for a lot of people. It is also, um, <laughs> excuse me, I don't mean to cough. Uh, this is a uh, this is from Funko Games. Um, so, oh, very um, nice. So they uh, and and we talked about this. This was actually found its way into uh, one of the into the board game issue for the. Uh, Engage Family Gaming Magazine, which is another thing that we uh, have done this year, and um, and part of it is just a, they, the Funko Games put out a bunch of Disney games as part of Disney's 50th anniversary celebration this year, and so this is kind of part of that. And what's really what's really interesting and exciting about it is that you know, Goofy, a Goofy movie is not remembered as part of like Disney canon, right? Like when you think of like your favorite Disney movie, not a lot of uh, a lot of people think of the movie musicals um, and they forget that this is, you know, not a Broadway style musical, but it is, there's music in it. And there's it is, definitely music in it. And it's um, definitely it's, good music. And it's, and, and it's also a really heartwarming story about like a father and a son. You know what this is, you know what we're, I, I'm, I'm going to put a pin in heartwarming story about a father and a son going on a journey. And we're going to talk about that in a little while when we talk about video games. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, uh, so yeah, a goofy movie board game, uh, I, I, the, the, the standees are cool. The, the board is neat. If, if you were a, uh, if you were a goofy movie fan, this is one you have to look at. You have to at least check it out. All right. Absolutely. And what else? I will uh, definitely give, need to do that. All right. Last give one. Give us one more, Linda. I'll give you one for the littles. Uh, there is a really fun game from Blue Orange called Burgers ASAP, and it is a speed uh, filling order game. So you have a bunch of com- cards with different burger components, and you're going to get one card. It's either one or two burgers to build, depending on the difficulty level you pick. And the ga- the idea is as fast as you can, you're trying to build that burger exactly. And you only have seven component cards. You might have to layer them, cover some pieces, uh, but you have to use all the cards. So it's kind of a puzzle, too, because there's only one solution. Yeah, it looks like uh, that Hoagie game that we were playing. A little bit, yeah. A little bit like Hoagie. A little bit, but this one has a little bit more, because with Hoagie, you're kind of spoiling things. This is at a puzzle component because there's only one, with all your pieces, there's only one way to get to the final result. And it's a matter of, can you get to it first? This is for ages seven and up. So it's definitely for the littler guys. Not super little, but for the younger set. It comes with a box that looks like a Big Mac box. It does. It does. Yeah, that's very cute. That's that's some good merchandising right there. Yeah, they did a nice job making it appealing. I love a good, I love, I I absolutely love a good uh, game box. No doubt about that. So, um... Let's do the let's 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 move on to the video games. I'm gonna cruise through some of these, um, because we've talked about a lot of these games on the show in the past. But I think this it's good to think about it because here's the one thing about this year that I uh, I keep forgetting is that this year has been much longer than it feels, and there are games that came out this year that uh, I forgot about even though it's absolutely absurd. So um, we're going to go console by console. And I'm going to start with one that, Amanda, you will not believe that this game came out this year. Would you believe me if I tell you that Pokemon's Legends Arceus, can't, Pokemon Legends Arceus came out this year, less than 12 months ago? Oh. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh yeah, that game. <laughs> like, okay. So I mean, I had fun with that game. I had a ton of fun with that game. Well, here's the thing. Um, this is this. There's a lot of Pokemon on this list this year because we got Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. 
coming out in a couple of months in actually a month a month a month wow and a single month so so we'll put we'll lump all the pokemons together me too mega mom um so we'll lump all the pokemons together the reality is um Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet are the next generation of Pokemon games. So Pokemon fans, it's already on their list. They know that it's here. We included it on the list uh, because we always include the most recent Pokemon game on our gift guide. And a lot of that is because, um, you know, because it's just such an important thing, right? To just remember that Pokemon is there. And um, these are you know perennial fan favorites they're always good a bad pokemon is still better than most than most video games um agree know what they are doing um pokemon legends arceus was divisive when it came out there were some people who really loved it including many of the people on this call there were some people out in the world that did not the thing about pokemon legends arceus is that it is different and that it is another way to engage with pokemon that is not a turn-based role-playing game. So, um, and it is so. It is not the same game, you know. If you are buying two games and you got huge Pokemon fans in the house, and somehow you don't have them both by the time Christmas rolls around, I don't think getting those two is redundant. Um, it's not like it's getting. Not. It's not like you know if you were getting Sword and Scarlet or whatever. Like they're not. They they're similar enough that that's kind of redundant. These are different experiences. Pokemon Legends Arceus is kind of like a stealth action game with a lot of exploration in it. Whereas, you know, Scarlet and Violet is open world, but it's a turn-based role-playing game, just like they normally are. Um, Which is not to insult it. I mean, my boy Quaxley is in this game, so, like, how can I ever insult it? But, um, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, You know, the Pokemon games are a thing, um, also, speaking of games coming out very soon, uh, we just recently retreated to a whole bunch of information about Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Yep. I, uh, the Mario plus Rabbids series has a special place in my heart because my first E3 was the E3 where they announced Mario plus Rabbids. And I was so, a good E3. So we were there and they had the giant rabid Donkey Kong in the in the main lobby. Yep. And I remember all of us like taking pictures around it because it was obviously a big photo op thing where they had the, you know, the booth guy making sure nobody was climbing on it like idiots because of course an idiot would have tried to climb it. And um it's a freaking turn-based strategy game where freaking Luigi can use a gun. <laughs> And, but not in a bad way. And it looks like from everything I have seen, I've watched tons of video on this. I've listened to tons of reviews. Um, what's crazy about this is they've, they've just plus one everything from the original game. They've changed the way the movement works for the better. Everybody has classes now. Luigi is a sniper, everybody. I we, mean, we've known it, that. We've known that, that since uh, Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah but, that's true. That look, that face... But he has a the the but 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 he officially has the class sniper now. Also Bowser's in it, which I think is oh, wow. super cool. So um so that is uh Mario Plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. And also I have I have a kid playing Splatoon 3 over there, um, on mute. So Splatoon 3 is another one that I absolutely think everybody needs to kind of keep your eyes on. Um, That's already on the Christmas list for one of my children. It is really good, guys. Already on um, the list. I'm looking forward although, to playing it at some point. I'll provide some feedback. The Splatana is hot trash, but the bow and arrow, very cool. Okay, good to know. <laughs> That's a debatable sentence. The Splatana can be good, and the bow can be good. Oh, okay, so my Splatoon expert is correcting me. He's you saying that both the meta, of them, man. they can be good. We got to play, yeah, you have to play the, meta. the meta. It's all about the meta. All right, so Thank to PlayStation. Yeah, we're going to move on. Um, you know what? We'll have you on as our Splatoon expert in a couple of weeks. So, all right. So, PlayStation had a really weird year this year. And is you know, like it began the year with uh, Horizon Forbidden West, which is mm-hmm. a um, T-rated action role-playing game set in the post-apocalypse, strong female lead. You fight robot dinosaurs with a bow and arrow. And it's amazing. Like, um, oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, you know, and um, they're ending the year 
with one for the grown-ups. Speaking of um, games about a father and a son going on an adventure together. Um, is got is is Goofy movie really just God of War Ragnarok? But yes, I mean there yes, we go. But Goofy's less. Going to a but, show. but Goofy's not a bad dad. Okay, well that's fair. But I mean, Goofy's not like a tortured soul like Kratos. To be fair, Kratos is a tortured soul. He's and, you know, right, can... okay, okay. He sold his soul to Ares to win a fight, and, and then <laughs> yeah. and then everything bad happened to him because okay, of did the Greek. Yeah, maybe he made some bad choices along the way. <laughs> Like I mean, just a few. Who has? But that that makes the character development so much better. Like, yeah, but that doesn't mean you can have a well developed character and not be a good dad. I think we've. Um, no, I think uh, we. That's that. Um, you know what? You know what? You know what? I will say that's not another podcast. podcast. That's another podcast. You know what? I was listening to um, a PlayStation podcast the um, the other day, and they were talking about who was a better dad. Joel from The Last of Us or Kratos? Oh, and um, and it was a really complex. There, there were. I, I, this is you ever w- watch a debate where the the correct answer was neither, but like they had to take a side because it was like an Oxford style debate. You know what I mean? That's what it's like when you see podcasters get into arguments about that. Because like, I mean, you're not wrong. The correct because like they had to choose a side. You know what I mean? Like you had to because it oh. was a topic on a podcast. And if you if you're like, this is the topic we're proposing, and the answer is neither of them, we choose Goofy as the best father of the two. That's I like, actually yeah. would actually, have. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. I would have. I would have been like, yeah. sorry guys, the answer's goofy. <laughs> well, but but that would have been that. kind of a hot that would have been kind of a hot take, I think. But the um it would have been hilarious. But like um so anyway, um in the middle though, I, and this is the one I want to call out. And again, the list is up there. Um, I want to call it Gran Turismo 7, which has been forgotten by a lot of folks. I haven't seen it on a lot of holiday gift guides and things like that. If you have a PlayStation 5 and you are interested in one of two things, or you have someone in your house who is interested in one of two things, cars and car history in any way, the game is a must-own. But also, if they are graphics nuts, like if they are someone who appreciates a good looking video game. Oh yeah. And you have a nice look and you have a good television or a good monitor they can attach it to. There is not a better looking video game on the PlayStation five right now than Gran Turismo seven. I, I have played all of like all the big ones. I played the Elden ring. They say it's great. It holds nothing. <laughs> now maybe God yeah. of war will do something different on November 9th, but it does nothing. To Gran Turismo. The, the lights, when you're doing a, a night level and you're going under a bridge and you have both the lights from above you reflecting dynamically off the top of the shiny car and then the car next to you passing you dynamically reflecting off the side of your car and you're like, that's, this isn't a like, thing. How is that? How is that this a is, thing? It is absolute Who wizardry. did this? It is absolute wizardry. So, um, a Gran Turismo, that's, that's really all I'm saying. Gran Turismo 7 gets um, kind of ignored a lot. Not in part of it's because it came out in April. April is a really bad time for games to come out for holiday stuff because it's like not the beginning of the year where we'll like remember it as being old, but it's like, you know, it's just a bad, it's just a rough time. But I loved Gran Turismo 7. Um, and uh, another one, and this is actually kind of multi console, so this is multi platform. I think, and we can talk about it because we've got it recently confirmed that it's rated T for teen, um, is Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is, and Amanda, you and I talked about this when it was announced and throughout, I was very seriously questioning whether this game was going to be rated M. Well, you you were pretty confident, so ultimately you were right. But I doubt pretty confident that we were going to get a T rating on it. It's not that it would be like suicide if it didn't. Because there are a lot of ways that you could market that and you could spin that. But at the same time, keeping it accessible to a teen audience, that's the play here. I agree. Um, so I will. So I, part, the reason, part of the reason I bring this up, because I do want to say, Amanda, you were right. I was wrong. <laughs> okay, um, I don't need that, I, though. <laughs> I know. Well, it, it matters to me. Um, you were right. Okay. Um, and so, um, look, it's. Is Wolverine fighting demons in a card-based strategy combat game? 
Um, like who, what else do you want? Um, and it's a great, it'll be a good opportunity to meet Blade before his movie in the next couple of years, assuming it comes out. So, um, so that is Marvel's Midnight Suns. That's actually going to be available on PlayStation, Xbox, PC. It's going to be all over the place. Um, it is. Can't wait for that. Um, and lastly, here's the thing about Xbox, because, and I was writing the guide and like the thing about Xbox is you, if you, if you are buying gifts for somebody who has an Xbox. Um, you really just got to make sure they have their Game Pass subscription on lock. Yeah. Because there's because it's just so such a good value. But the general, I said this to the general, and um, she was like, "But there are some people that are going to want some box games. You got to find something that is that is a box that they can open." And I found one. There's there's a bunch of stuff on there Lego Sky Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga etc. But if there is Very one game, good. if there is one game that's coming out for the Xbox that is worth buying out of a box, um, and having a disc for, um, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Cowabunga Collection, and um, and part of that is because if you really are hungry for those games, you are someone that remembers having one of those cartridges. And so, like, have, opening that True. box and seeing TMNT on it is the retro nostalgic play. Um, and it's also not available on Game Pass, so, you know, it, it's that. Um, my gosh, the Cowabunga Collection is so cool. So many games in it. And um, I still remember the first time I saw TMNT 4, Turtles in Time, in an arcade. Oh, man, that was that was a moment in time. Right? Um and it's that version that is on the Cowabunga collection. Mm. It's not the SNES version. Mm. It is the arcade version. Thomason, you're you and me, we're we're TMNT nerds. So I played that last year <laughs> in Jersey when I went to uh across from uh, Kevin Smith's Jane Silent Bob Secret Stash is a retrocade arcade or something. Oh, I, I don't know if it's retrocade, but like it, it's pay by the hour. And they have everything. Amanda, we should go. Yeah. Is it is it the one that's in Morristown? Because there's definitely a retro it's in arcade. Red Bank. In... It's in Red Bank. Oh, it's in it's... Red Bank. Okay. Yeah, it's How diagonally across you, the street. Oh, we don't have to go. We don't have to go all the way to Red Bank. I mean, we could if you really yeah. wanted to. But we yeah. have a we have a retro arcade where you pay by the hour, like five yeah. minutes away from where I live. Oh wow. Linda, okay, so we're what going. are we going? We're going. Um, Send me up. Okay. Now Sounds good. Um, I mean, no, I have a giant house. It's okay. We'll yeah. figure it out. You can I mean, <laughs> so we'll figure it out. We will figure it out. Anyway, so that is so I, I'm gonna put the link to the um to the gift guide in the chat. And obviously for those listening on audio, it is also going to be in the show notes. Um we have other games on there too. The the idea here is um on our gift guides. Keep keep in mind these are these are this is recency bias incarnate is our holiday gift guides. We really focus on games that came out this year. <laughs> if you're just looking for general recommendations, um, the EFG Essentials lists are a thing, and we maintain those. Yeah. And they have uh, they are full of recommendations for everyone. Um, we are the way we design those lists is there's a game on there for everyone. Um, so you should be able to find at least something that they will like, no matter what console they have. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that is the, <coughs> excuse me. So those are our gift guides. What do you think guys? I think we did a pretty good job. I think that I think those so. are very comprehensive and I'm also um, very sad that I wasn't able to attend EFG con, you had but I will, I will try to be there for the one in the winter time. I mean, you had something very important to do, which was to go to family weekend at a university. Yeah. Um, it's and true. I, know I had to go to my kids' college. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, you'd have found your way. I would have been there. Um, of course. And I can't I, I can't blame you at all. Um, who wants who wants to feel old today? I mean, I already do. I always feel old. <laughs> <laughs> That's my secret cap. I my am secret. always old. <laughs> I mean. All right. Yeah. So back in... October 4th of 1995. Oh, my. Oh, we're going there, <laughs> are we? 
So um, oh, that was uh, right. for the record. So October fourth of nineteen ninety five. That was twenty seven years ago. Just for anyone that was really curious. So almost thirty. And we were fifteen. Yeah. And I was fifteen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. that might have yes. been my senior year of high school. <clears throat> wow. I know. Wow. Wow. Um, this little game. This <laughs> little game. This don't little game. This little Mega Mom saying she's four. She would have been fourteen. Um. Little game came out for the Super Nintendo. Um, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> what's noteworthy about this is it is... <laughs> ready. I'm not saying a damn... Yeah, exactly. You, uh, <laughs> keep, it ch- keep it chill. Be cool. Be cool, chat. Be cool. Um, yeah, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. The big thing is they figured out how to make a baby cry with no, uh, with no voice effects. The, with no like there's no there was no voice there's no you know audio capture or anything just making a baby cry um mega mom loved it listen it's actually revered as one of the better platformers on the super nintendo which is saying a lot um and it really i don't think they've ever really captured that same magic with future like yoshi games because that's kind of what it evolved into but man there's a lot of folks that really remember that game very fondly and uh, the moral of this story is they've been remembering it for a long time because that game came out 27 years ago today. Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah. Um, we have just a few minutes. I know, Amanda, you have a hard stop. Let's do, I do. We've been, this definition has been on our list for a very long time because um, we're supposed to go over a glossary definition every week when we can. Um, and I'm going to do it before Amanda's hard stop. Amanda. The term this week is Metroidvania. Oh, Mega Mom's in the chat, so we know Mega Mom loves her. that. That house is like the Metroidvania house. So like the it. Metroidvania of houses? No, 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 no. Their house is not like a you know. It's not like you. In order to get to the kitchen, you have to like travel through to the bathroom and get like a lock and then get like a, a special. And then you have to chain. backtrack, and then you have yeah. to go find this other thing somewhere else, and then no. you finally get to the kitchen. It's not that house. Yeah, it is no, not that house. You find the key to that kitchen, and so yeah. Mega Mom says everyone in the house loves it. They're the bane of her existence. So Mega Mom, <laughs> this is why I, this is why I wanted to bring it up because I know Mega Mom famously dislikes me, uh, Metroidvanias, um, and a lot of it is because uh, for the same reason that that the general hates Metroid Prime um, because I played it far too long one day. So just to give her, so here's what a Metroid, uh, here's what a Metroidvania is. It's a portmanteau of Metroid and Castlevania. And the idea is these are platform games generally. There are some exceptions, but they're generally platforming games that are, that really, their biggest feature is they feature exploration along with their combat and platforming and a lot of backtracking. Specifically, you will venture all the way you can in one direction to get a superpower, and then you will then backtrack and... All, once you get that superpower, it will open up the map to you in a specific way so that maybe there will be a door that was locked or a barrier that you could not break before. And um, so the game, it, the maps start super small and over time they grow. Metroid, obviously very famous. Castlevania, obviously very famous. But some other examples, Guacamelee is a very is one of my favorite Metroidvanias of all time. Um your powers that you get are like wrestling moves <laughs> that you use to break through bricks. Um, and for the Xbox fans in the room, um, oh goodness, what's the game? With a little Hello. white guy. With a little white little spirit guy. Well, Hollow Knight is oh, no, no, the, little uh, white, the little white with uh, guy with the uh, ears. Will are, you wisp, talking, uh, are you talking Will Ori? Yeah, Ori. Ori. Are we talking Ori? We're talking Ori. We're talking Ori. With the little the white guy with the little with the with the ears. Yeah. And the weird laser sword thing. It looked like a little fennec fox. Yeah, a little fox. That's it. Ori and the Will of the Wisps and Ori and the uh, it's Ori in the Blind Forest. Blind Forest. Those Ori and the Blind Forest is the first one. Ori and the Will of the Wisps is the second one. Both of them fantastic video games. And so the idea is. And Mega Mom in the chat saying she like she liked watching Hollow Knight at least. So the idea is uh, Metroidvania is a genre that is growing slowly, um, but well, it was growing slowly, and now because of indie games, there's just new Metroidvanias all the time. Um, Every day, 
But I actually regularly get questions, and it's one of the things where people are like, what kind of game are you talking about when you say Metroidvania? And so I thought I would take the opportunity to explain it. We do have the glossary entry on the site, uh, which we will link to in the show notes. Um, But yeah, that's it. That's our word of the week. Our word of the week is Metroidvania. I believe we have uh, at least given some explanation to it. And um, I don't know who first used the term. We don't have that kind of background. You know, who knows? That's been lost to the internet, but. Oh, I bet I could find out, but I'm not going to do it right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So everybody. <laughs> when you do out. let me know, I will update the definition. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> everybody, uh, we did it. We made it. This has been episode 289 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Steven. I'm here with Amanda and Linda and John. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording, which is a whole darn lot, actually. So I'm, that's a every big, time. It's a tall every order. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting a lot out of you folks. So I hope everybody has a great night. Uh, I We will be back in two weeks. Programming note, no stream next Tuesday. I will actually be at the beach, weirdly, in October. But we're doing that thing. If you're a longtime fan, you know what we're doing. We're going to be at the beach playing board games with my mom. Um, I have the My Little Pony cooperative card game to play with my mom. Um, oh, so I can't um, wait to hear all about that. And Marvel Dice Throne to play with my four-year-old Black Panther obsessed nephew. So um, thank goodness I got the Kickstarter <laughs> yes. edition that has Black Panther in it. Thank God. Um, yeah. Or he wouldn't play. So everybody, we will see you in two weeks. And until next time, don't forget, get the family game on. We'll see you soon. Bye. 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 Music for the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Hop by Kevin McLeod, an audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions.